Zach, word of advice, you're a Buffy gay. What was that? I was talking about your new boyfriend who I just made up. I'm with you. Wait, so are you dating someone or not? I can't do this right now. We have to find the glove of Minnie Cooper. Oh, that? Angel just kind of has it. Well, we'd better communicate that to everyone in a timely manner. Nah, I think I'll wait till tomorrow. Besides, the new watcher lady's on my back. She's an interesting lady. Can we kill her? Mm, How about we just chop her arm off and let the lightning do the work? Good plan. This week, the Buffy gays incessantly neg Giles and turn faith against Buffy as we recap episode 7 of season 3 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Revelations. We'll share behind-the-scenes trivia while we learn about Faith's new watcher. We'll be sure to use the I statements as we hold a dictervention and rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moment of the episode as we disintegrate Mrs. Gwendolyn Post with lightning. Mrs. So fire up your bisexual subtext, warm your voice up for a chorus of Fuck you, Xander. And get ready to glimpse some illicit Tai Chi smoochies with your Buffy gaze. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher, Or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze. Zachary. Hello. How's it going? It goes very, very well. It goes well. I had a, I didn't, I was like, I was not excited to go back to a regular week after a holiday week, but it was fine. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Samers. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you, you're working less now. Good mm-hmm. for you. Down to that PT, baby. Yes. Part-time, my darling. <laughs> uh, I have a few massages I'd like to mention. First of all, uh, Casey was the person other than Brittany who messaged me about the uh, Giles, uh, not Giles, the Willow and Oz j- joke where she was like, you must have showed up. So I forgot her name yesterday. So Casey, thank you very much, Casey, for letting us know. Yesterday. Uh, last week. Excuse me. Excuse me, bitch. Excuse me. That's not even like an editing thing where we were recording yesterday. It literally was last week. I just said the wrong word. (laughs) It happens sometimes. Hey. And uh, we got messages from uh, a message from Justin just telling us he's listening. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Let us know any any of your thoughts if you would like. Uh, Brian and some other folks like uh, Nick from Tabula Rasa Bitches uh, sent us screenshots of us in their top five podcasts on Spotify. Thank you, folks. Is Justin the one that sent the message about gingerbread? No, that wasn't Justin. We'll talk about that when you get to gingerbread. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Zach. Uh, And I think... I think that was all the stuff. Oh, I did a poll on Instagram, my first ever Instagram stories poll, and I got I got a lot more responses than I expected. 
Mm. Uh, People love a poll. Yeah. Uh, about uh, get all up on a poll <laughs> about whether Joyce's and Giles's uh, uh, ship name should be Jice or uh, no, Joyles. Joyles and Joyles won by a landslide. It was like <laughs> it was something like seventy-five to twenty-five or something like that. Although I did see a few people I recognized vote for Jice, including Paul, which surprised mm. me. I thought Joyles was clearly superior and everyone would what? agree with me. That sounds like an accent, Joyles. Joyles. It's, <laughs> it's Joyce Akois. It's Joyles. Joyles. Joyles, yes, is it, it, it Australian does. Australian? Joyles. Joyles. I don't, I don't know, maybe. Rice Blights. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. Joyles. Joyles. Good day, Joyles. Good day, Joyles. No. Uh, so, Zach, do you have any trivia about Revelations for us? Yes. The seventh episode of season three, Revelations, first aired on Tuesday, November 17th, 1998. The episode was directed by James A. Contner, Buffy directing alum of Faith, Hope, and Trick, and Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Interestingly, yes. this episode was originally called Surprises, Deceptions, and Revelations, but they decided every episode he directed wasn't legally required to have three names. <laughs> just kidding. That was a joke. Yeah. That wasn't real. But anyway, uh, I was just like, oh, this guy only directs three-word three episodes. <laughs> Oxford comma list episodes. Anyway, um, one little tidbit that I found from IMDb that I thought was interesting is that the lightning effect on the glove was like hand-drawn i guess frame by frame at the request of joss Mm. which i thought was neat i mean because it is kind of that era where cgi was still like in its infancy right yeah 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 so i mean of course they have stuff because they're dusting vampires but yes anyway i thought that was neat it is uh and um, let's see this episode involves a demon called lagos and lagos is the capital city of nigeria all right. <laughs> uh, and um, I actually did not see this, but um, according to IMDb at 3246, um, roughly, there's a sign on the door of the library that says, Mr. Giles takes you to Nigeria. Oh. I forgot to watch out for it. Huh. I, uh, I got all these trivia notes and then I forgot about that. So is, wait, is Giles like, sp- like sponsoring like a student trip to Africa? Uh, I'm imagining it's like uh, like they have some sort of yeah, like or like books, or maybe he does some sort of like. You know how Giles is doing actual work at the school. Well, you know how like librarians would sometimes like periodically have to go into like classrooms Uh, and do presentations. Yeah, that makes sense to me. We've just never we have been told that Giles is supposed to watch study hall before. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that happen though. In the last episode, we were told. Yes, exactly. Uh, But I'm I'm just surprised there's proof that Giles does any work other than sitting behind the counter, maybe checking out library books to Mm -hmm. people. He was Which so like, shocked that one time. Uh, <laughs> right. Someone uh, Jonathan and oh, wait, that no, other girl. No, that was Xander that was shocked. Giles was oh, like, yes. this is the library. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, this is a little bit into your stuff, but it says uh, the fir- this is the first Buffy script written by Douglas Petrie, which yep. I was thinking I had heard that name already before, but maybe I'm just nope. thinking from the past. It's the first and, one. And... Um, Let's see. I'm going to wait until I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to put a pin in that. Um, Oh, uh, so the incantation that Gwendolyn Post uses for the glove of Minigan Uh is uh, actual Gaelic words. 
which I is like Tan Three or something, and it roughly translates to Prestige Fire. Oh, and interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and <laughs> wait, that's what Gwendo- what Gwendolyn Post says when she's like shouting at the sky. Yeah, it's like t- she's saying like Tom Free or something. I I have no idea how to actually say it. I'm sorry if you speak Gaelic. Um, so yeah, and oh, and this is something that I was I was watching for this in the episode, and I did n- uh, note that it is correct. So the glove the entire time uh-huh. is shown as a left-handed glove. Oh, and she puts it on her right hand, huh. and it's suddenly right-handed at the end. Weird. Well, I did notice that when she puts it on, like you can see like chain mail on it, and I didn't mm-hmm. see it see that any other time. Yeah, I wonder. I I don't know the story behind that. I bet it's interesting though. Like, beats me. <laughs> somebody dropped it and it broke or something. <laughs> <laughs> Make a new one. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so the writer is Douglas Petrie. Uh, he uh, co-wrote on Fantastic Four, and he was also a writer for Harriet the Spy, which mm. has a connection to the show. Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Michelle Trachtenberg is in it, and she will be in this show eventually. Eventually. Uh, he also wrote on Angel, American Horror Story Coven, mm. and, you know, some other things. And this is his first episode, so welcome, Douglas Petrie. It will not be the last we see of him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Quite. Mm. So, Zach, are you ready to get into our detailed episode discussion? Quite. Quite. So, how about you give our little disclaimer? All right. So, this is the segment where we dive deep into the plot of the episode. So deep. So deep. So deep. So deep. And uh, <laughs> you needn't be afeared. Have you not seen the episode before? You needn't. The, not the episode yet. <laughs> you needn't be feared have you not seen the series before for we shall only discuss what happens after with the cheekiest of foreshadowing though we will be discussing everything up to this point so if you just randomly stumble on this episode and you somehow never watch an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's kind of weird but like Uh welcome Uh, and yeah I almost forgot my line (laughs) 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 yes all right so let's get going so we start in the bronze and the dingoes are playing. Uh, the camera sort of like pans through the audience. This weird little 10 second music video segment. Yes, we, we do love our music video segments. And uh, there's some random dude just like really, he's like at the table with Willow and Xander and Cordelia. Yeah, it's just like leaning on it weirdly. It's very like, I was like, who is this guy? I guess it's really packed in the bronze. He couldn't find anywhere else to go. Also, I did not notice this guy at all and I had to go back and look at he's it. He's like, what? There is a guy? And he stopped our recording for like I mean, it wasn't that I didn't believe you. I just didn't remember it. And I was shocked that I didn't notice. Yes, I was shocked as well. Not really. So uh, after... Uh, Oz is done playing up on stage. He goes to sit with them, but there's no seats. Uh, so Willow has to make room for him, which causes uh, an awkward, you know, physical situation where everyone's really close together. And Cordelia's like, Xander, why are you giving me a lap dance? Because <laughs> he's clearly trying to like scoot away from Willow because they're cheating. Mm. Gross. Yeah, I just wrote weird couple awkwardness here. Incredibly awkward. And uh, Cordelia and Oz, like, you can tell they're, like, noticing. They're yeah. like, what's, what's happening with these guys? Uh, <laughs> so uh, Willow and Xander, uh, Oz wants a drink. And so Willow and Xander both grab for a cup. 
And then Xander ends up spilling someone else's drink, like, who's behind them. I thought he, like, threw the cup off the table or something. But, yeah. Yeah, I thought that at first, too. But it's actually... Just spills like the cup, somebody else. Someone else is just holding the cup, and he knocks it out of their hand. And then everybody claps. Also, which... it's, like, the only... It's, like, one of two blue cups in this entire club, <laughs> I noticed. Because it's blue, and there's, like, a server or something walks by with a blue cup on a tray. But there's so many other cups, and the other ones are all red. I was like, why are there two? blue cups those are the special cups i guess so (laughs) i just have to say i started to say a second ago it is really obnoxious to clap when somebody spills something so obnoxious i really hate it that is one of the most obnoxious things to do it's so dickish and uh, xander doesn't seem to like it he's like uh he's like oh we'll be we'll be here all week or something like that. enjoy the veal enjoy the veal there's a little bit yeah, so don't do that. The, like, just just yeah, let it public, happen. Public service announcement: Don't clap for people who spill things. PSA: Don't do that. <laughs> so try not being a dick. Try not being a dick. So Cordelia is noticing something's off, and she kind of voices something about it. Uh, but or or I I think Willow can just tell that everyone knows something's off, and Willow's like, speaking of people acting different than usual, anyone notice Buffy acting different? Mm-hmm. And uh, Xander's like, oh, well, she's killing monsters. That's kind of what she usually does. And Willow notes that she's off by herself more and distracted, which mm-hmm. is exactly the observation that one Mr. Scott Hope made when mm-hmm. he broke up with her. Mm. And they wonder if she might have a new honey. And I just, I wanted to, like, it's... Uh, it's... I, was, I noticed just how like this it just makes so much sense for them to notice this because i have also been noticing like throughout the season since angel came back that buffy is like gone away from the rest of the scoobies a lot mm-hmm. more than she has been before so i thought it was neat how and like, lost in deep thought while eating her jello lunch yes right uh so i thought it was neat how like they were have actually been showing this thing and the characters are observing it mm-hmm. it's a nice uh nice some nice continuity there and cordelia's like uh, they're like, why wouldn't she tell us if she has a new honey? And Cordelia's like, well, her last one killed half the class and her rebound sent a dump when, when your last study, she said. No, she said steady. Oh, I thought she said study. Nope, it was steady. Because I, I specifically thought that was a really weird thing to say. <laughs> nope, she said steady. And uh, as they're talking about this, Buffy comes up and she's like, what you talking about? And uh, Willow's like, oh, your new boyfriend, who you may or may not have, who or who we made up, unless we didn't. Uh, and so they're like, hey, are you dating someone or not? And Buffy's like, I wouldn't use that word, but I am uh, going out with somebody. And it turns out it's Faith. And clearly she just means they're going out to slay, but we know, we know what it really means. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see uh, this really cool fight scene of them both concurrently fighting vampires. I thought it was this outfit that Buffy is wearing is interesting to me because I don't know. It's like sometimes she's wearing just like regular day clothes to slay in. And then other times she's like got this tactical outfit on. Mm -hmm. Like she's wearing her beanie that says bomb on (laughs) it. Yeah. Like in uh, (laughs) rhinestones or whatever. Yes. And uh, this like bulky black hoodie that keeps like flipping up onto her head while she's fighting. Mm -hmm. And I, I I don't think you mentioned this just to back up very slightly before they leave. Faith comes in and says, "Time to motivate." Yes, and I I noted in my brain that that sounds a lot like masturbate. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> or motorboat. Or motorboat, yes. So well, uh, they're going to masturbate in motorboat while they <laughs> slay vampires. <laughs> uh, Your listen, hands are going to be very busy. Listen, it's not going to take us long to become a fuffy podcast. <laughs> I mean, is it the healthiest relationship that she has? Mm, mm. <laughs> Uh, I don't. We'll we'll have to, we'll have to see about that, Zachary. <laughs> I mean, if you think about them, uh, it's certainly no less healthy. <laughs> uh, so uh, they stake the vampires while the vampires are back to back, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, we did it." And uh, and I think they asked Giles how they did or something. Mm-hmm. And then we hear sloppy. They make a point about synchronized slaying being an Olympic event. Oh yes, that was very funny. And she, uh, this new woman, introduces herself as Gwendolyn Post. Mrs. Mrs. <laughs> Your new watcher to Faith. And that's when we cut to the intro. I wrote Why? that she was Simon Cowling before Simon Cowell Simon Cowled. Oh, yes. She showed up in uh, 1998. And that was quite possibly the worst performance I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> you should. You or the personification of vomit. <laughs> of vomit. <laughs> yeah. going, he doesn't really it, talk I'm, like that. But, uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a po- an apocalypse by now with how sloppy you are at slaying, <laughs> innit? <laughs> Perfect that's impression. Not, that's not how Gwendolyn Post sounds. Oh, I thought you were doing Simon Cowell. Oh, <laughs> I was just doing it's what you were doing. It's also not how Simon Cowell spoke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why does... Why, I, it's so funny to me that she takes makes the point to go, Mrs. Like, mm-hmm. so Gwendolyn Post is married, but it doesn't matter. Like, I also think it's really funny. I just want to mention it now that later when uh, Faith busts in and sees Angel attacking her, he's like, she's like, Mrs. Post. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway. All right. So after the intro uh they're in the library now and faith is insisting that she doesn't need a new watcher and she's talking about how she has i wrote you're not my real watcher and you never will be (laughs) yes as she has problems with authority they end up dead Mm. well that's true it's true it's happened before (laughs) it happens in this episode and i mean she's not really her watcher but Uh uh-huh and it doesn't happen to just i mean it hasn't happened to just faith like we got we got authority figures dropping like flies all over the Mm -hmm. place in sunnydale but Gwendolyn Post says it's not up to Faith. And the, that's when she asks Giles where the rest of the books are. You know, the actual library. Right. <laughs> and she starts asking if he has all these books. Oh, before that, though, she's like, he's like, uh, I'll assure you that this is the finest occult reference collection. And mm. she interrupts him and she says, this side of the Atlantic, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, an America diss. Right. <laughs> she calls so him American at one point. I think I don't know if it's in this scene or something. Yeah, oh, no, it's later. Uh-huh. She tells him they think he's becoming too American. But yeah, um, one of the uh, one of the things she asks if he he has is Hume's Paranormal Encyclopedia, which I was like, I know Joss Whedon is like kind of into philosophy, mm. and Hume uh, is also the last name of David Hume, who is a prominent, like a very famous philosopher. Mm. Uh, so I thought that I thought that was maybe like a, was a thing? little Easter egg they dropped in. He uh, a big thing for him was like uh, you science and like the idea of causality and stuff is mm-hmm. like we take it as like uh, a fact, but if you actually try to reason through it, 
then we have no reason to believe that the patterns we observe based on past events will continue to stay patterns in the future. Hmm. Yeah, but it's uh, I only I, I've only taken one psychology class, but he was one of the big like people we read all the time. And you learned about philosophy in that class? Weird. Gasp. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that might have been. You said psychology. Oh, oops. I meant <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was interesting that because uh, I know jo- Joss Whedon is like a is into philosophy. And so it he's probably he's prob- probably the kind of dick who'll be like, ooh, I'll name a book. I'll say David Hume wrote a paranormal book I don't know, or something like that. So anyway, uh, and then she asks about Robert Kane's Twilight Compendium. And, and he's like, yes, I have it right here, actually. And she's, she's like, like, of course, of course you, do. you do. <laughs> yeah, the it's constant like only the posers is only, so funny. It is so funny. And like, you, because we know now after having watched the episode that she's full of shit, like it could be that that actually is a good book for him to have. But she's just like stringing him along and being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like too. This is the um, this is a kind of continuation, or I mean, really, we haven't heard a ton about the Watchers Council, mm-hmm. but I think the idea that she's being such an asshole and he kind of just goes along with it and believes it is an indicator that the council itself is actually dicks. Well, yeah, and we uh, we know that they left Giles out of their retreat. Well, but that... In Faith, Hope, and Trick. Well, but was that real either? Yeah, it was real. The retreat was real. Yeah, because... Well, but she said her watcher went on it, but her watcher was but dead. But her watcher was dead. Yeah, it was real because they called yeah, and well, Giles knew about the retreat. I actually everything. do want to talk about that whole thing because there is this sort of theme being built right now of Giles being excluded from the Watchers Council, which, if you think about it, is is both wild, but then it also sets up a lot of stuff because he is the Watcher to an active Slayer. Yes! Arguably, he should be the most important Watcher. I know! It makes no sense! And yet, constantly, they just, like... Forget about him. Don't say things to him. He's not doing anything. He's not involved in their shit. But I do think, and I can't talk about this too much right now, but I do think that's important for setting up things in the future. I agree. And uh, they also, like, she mentions that she's supposed to report back as well about things here and not just about faith, but about Giles as well. And so clearly they don't have a whole lot of faith in him. And again, he's the one who is in charge of the actual Slayer. Well, and we have to also keep in mind this is in context of she's making all of this up. Yeah, but... But it sounds believable to Giles. Yes, exactly. Which, you know, it makes sense if it is actually the truth. So, and... Anyway, well, there's some more we can talk about with the Watcher's Council later. They are clearly uh, very stuffy and also incompetent. Right. I also like how this is off topic faith calls her mary Mary poppins Poppins, yes i wrote that in my notes too it's so funny uh so that's when she says she has to report back about the whole situation including giles (laughs) buffy's like academic probation isn't so funny now is it giles what is she referring to probably her being on academic probation but but did he think it was funny probably not (laughs) i didn't think so but i imagine he probably like scolded her about it or something uh maybe yeah that was so funny anyway uh yeah that was funny and then i like how they're talking about lagos or whatever and like what to do and 
her, he's like, do you have any ideas? And she's like, well, if it's not too radical a suggestion, I thought we might kill him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she uh, explains that he's seeking the glove of Minigan and that no record of its full power exists, mm-hmm. which is wrong. <laughs> like, right. Yes. And it, Xander, of all people, or Xander and Willow, find a book. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Actually, no, Giles had already found that book. Um, uh, but it's highly j- dangerous and it must not fall into the hands of a demon. Uh, well, I guess it shouldn't, but there's other people who it shouldn't fall into the hands of either. Mm. Uh, aren't there? Mrs. Post. Right. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, and that's when she does that. I thought we might kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she says he'll be headed to a cemetery and Giles is like, well, there are 12 within the city <laughs> limits. And she's like, is there anything in your books that might pinpoint the location? That would be helpful. You know, when you think about 12 cemeteries, you might be like, that's a lot. But I mean, it doesn't seem like that much. I mean, for a small town, yeah, it's a whole... I bet there's at least close to that here. I don't know. There's definitely at least like six or seven. I don't know, man. And I mean, Jonesboro is tiny. I I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I don't anyway. know. I don't know. The, I mean, it's uh, a lot of cemeteries to have to look through when you don't know which ones you need to true. look at. I don't know the average number of cemeteries mm. per capita. <laughs> 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 um, oh, and when she's like, if there's anything in your books that might be useful, she says, but we cannot ask for miracles. <laughs> right. Well, she's like asking him to research something from a book and then he doesn't just like instantly produce it. And she's like, well, you're obviously an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, wow. And she's laying that part on thick. I think, but that's all part of the grift, right? I think yeah. she's like, if I'm just big enough of a dick, though, they won't suspect me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. She is. Uh, she's really turning up the confidence knob. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she says they're going to start tomorrow at sunset, and uh, she takes Faith with her. <laughs> After they leave, Buffy says, "Interesting lady, can we can kill, kill her?" her? <laughs> and Giles was like, "That was." bracing <laughs> yes so uh giles asks about a spot of training and then it cuts to her training in tai chi with a still shirtless angel still shirtless and i just wrote still hasn't had time to find a shirt huh and then <laughs> but later on in the scene he does put a shirt on i was like holy shit he finally found no! one <laughs> kyle's worst nightmare you've made the wrong decision <laughs> Uh, so while they're doing sexy tai chi he grabs her hands from behind i want to say oh sorry and they lower their hands slowly toward her crotch while they're okay while they're doing (laughs) while they're doing tai chi in this room that is absolutely flooded with sunlight so much sunlight (laughs) the windows are wide open and the sun is like streaming i'm like he's a fucking vampire guys i didn't notice that i had just assumed it was nighttime they really do play i mean this they really do play fast and loose with the whole sunlight thing like i mean that's just something that's going to be throughout the series yeah sorry it does not get more consistent (laughs) yeah i mean like if you think about spike in his car i was just kind of thinking about this and i was like this is what I get for going back to school and taking all these science classes. But I was like, so even though sunlight is not directly hitting him through a window, right? It's bouncing off all of these surfaces uh-huh. onto him. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> yes. yes, it's just really funny that it's like, I think in Buffy though, the rule is as long as it's not direct, direct sunlight, sunlight, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> it is still quite bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this very romantic moment. 
and uh, she's like, oh, gotta go. Uh, she almost kisses him. Uh, people mm-hmm. to see, demons to kill. Oh, I really liked the uh, little scene, though, when they when they were being... They're doing the Tai Chi sex dance. Uh-huh. And uh, it's very... I was like, damn, this is like watching ballet. And the music oh, yeah. was really good. Yeah, this go, is uh, a really nice nice visually scene. Uh, Not just because Angel doesn't have a shirt on for part of it. What's the music guy's name? The mute... Oh, <laughs> Christoph Beck. Christoph Beck. I was like, Christoph Waltz, no. And that's all I could think of in my brain. I was like, that's not it. He's an actor. <laughs> so... Uh, She's like, better hurry before someone figures out what we're doing. Very secretive. And he's like, what are we doing? Training and almost kissing. Uh, Sorry, old habit. Bad habit to be broken. Uh, So, you know, we've got our tension remaining. Did you already skip past the part where he said it's hard? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) He was just like, it's hard. And I thought that was funny. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So... It's a little. It's a, it's still very awkward, like it was the last episode. But they have cr- progressed to almost kissing now. Mm. So uh, you know we've and got highly sexual tai chi. Highly sexual tai chi. Yeah, she's not just watching him doing tai chi and getting horny. She's mm. doing it with him now and being horny and being horny. So <laughs> horny. Uh, so God. they decide that she has to go and she mentions she's going to try and vent some angst by killing a Lagos or what, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's some got demon looking for some all powerful thing. Thingamabob. Yes. Got another gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Another Tuesday night. In I Sunnydale. know. I know. I was so excited. I was like, Oh, I never noticed this joke before. Yes. There's one big one that they make way down the line that we can't talk about. Yes, so that's funny because as Zach mentioned uh, when we did What's My Line, I think, mm-hmm. or or was it Surprise and Innocence? I don't know what you're talking about. So it switched from Mondays to Tuesdays, and so oh, a right. two-part episode had day to, or back-to-back daily release. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we're on Tuesday night releases, and so... Oh, so but you don't remember which two episodes it was? No. Okay, it was either What's My Line or Surprise and Innocence. I feel like it was Surprise and Innocence, but I don't remember. There's not enough room in here for all that. There's not enough room in that brain, that big old brain right there. <laughs> so uh, Angel tells her to be careful, and he seems sort of thoughtful and concerned, and he gets up after she leaves. So we cut back to the library, and Giles cannot find anything about Lagos or about the glow. He is very pissed. He is so uptight. Gwendolyn Post. They talk about getting the flag surgically removed she, from his butt. Gwendolyn Post's fist is firmly up his butt. Right she now. put on that rubber glove. She stuck she her hand in a tub of Crisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, she and she is up there. She is. She's got him like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> he's like kind of yelling at Xander. He's like, "You need to figure out what he plans to do with the glove." And Xander's like, "You're not. Hey, the you're not the me. watcher of me." <laughs> that yes. was pretty funny, and that was like one of the only moments of Xander that wasn't complete bullshit in this episode, right? And then he's like, "Well, then go home. But if you're gonna stay, then work." Uh, so Xander and Willow go back into the stacks, trying to find a book or something. Willow's talking about how tired she is, and they sit down. And she starts to talk about her eye, how her eyes are all blurry and she's rubbing her temples. And then Xander very slowly go, uh, go, uh, puts his arms up around her head and he starts to rub her temples. It's just a weird thing to do. 
It is. That is weird, I isn't feel it? Like even if you were a couple, that'd be kind of weird. I've never done that to you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's <laughs> so strange. It's just an odd thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a Z- so, if you're a Xander, you don't know what not weird things are to do true. With, <laughs> with girls. But like, I don't know. It's just very. It was so strange to me. If I, I were, know. if that were me, even if I were, I were super into him, I'd be like, "What the what are you fuck doing? are you doing?" <laughs> I'm massaging your temples. Why? <laughs> uh, and it's playing the same fucking mm-hmm. sappy romantic music that it was doing in the last episode. Why are they doing this to us? Yeah. Well, and okay, too. So I wrote because <laughs> I wrote here they almost did a good job of cons- explaining consent. Almost. Oh, I thought because she's like I thought it was fine. It was. It wasn't that bad, but she's like, "Stop!" And then he does keep going for like a little bit, and he's like, "Stop! No, no means no. Oh yeah, stop!" So he does stop, which yes, yes, is to be commended. Um, it is the bare minimum for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, commended <laughs> was actually a bit far, right? It would be like it's like uh, in the end of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Like I always hate that I feel like I'm giving the show like. But for the 90s, but like, I mean, really though, for a show to be like about that and not have him also be like, but my penis hurts because I can't rub your temples. I don't know why he's a baby. What would you do with my penis? My little penis. Where would you, where would you anyway, you? Like, go ahead. I mean, in all the other ways that Xander is like, what about my penis? At least... At he least he understands here? consent. Question mark? To some, oh, I, he has been shown in the past to understand consent. Mm. So, you know, All right. that is a very good baseline for Xander to understand. Yes. <laughs> if only he was better in any other way. Yep. That would be nice, especially uh, considering the events of this episode. <laughs> oh, and Giles comes around the corner while the, like Willow just like jumps onto Xander and starts making out. Oh, with him. yes. <laughs> and he doesn't notice. And you do see that he's holding his glasses in his hand. Uh-huh. But I'm like, I mean, he's also how bad is really his close eyesight? attention to the book. Right, yeah, he's super unobservant right now. He is very like laser focused on figuring this out. He's uh feeling a Gwendolyn post pinky in his spleen. Right. He's like, mm, compliment me, mommy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. So they're like Giles uh, explains that he got what he needs uh-huh. uh, and what the probable location of the glove, which is in the Von Hauptmann family crypt at the Restfield Cemetery. I, I can't remember who asked if it's Willow or Xander, but someone's like, how'd you find it? And he's like, I looked. <laughs> yeah, it was Willow. Yes. <laughs> and Willow's like, okay, I think I'm on a Lagos breakthrough. I'll do more research. And Xander says he's going to go to the cemetery. When Giles is like, now we're pretty much done with the Lagos thing. We got it. Yeah, uh, but that's after Xander leaves, though. And I was like, you're just going to let Xander go alone to a cemetery at night? Which is wild. And Yeah, Miss Post has really fucked. She has done a number on Giles. Uh, yeah, he is really, like, messed up about this. So he's he's got a chip on his shoulder with so, this I mean, whole council thing. I guess it does make sense that she came in guns a-blazing to, uh-huh. you know. True. Uh, yeah, she must <laughs> she must have done some studying up on Giles and his insecurities. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Faith and Buffy walking around Sunnydale, and Faith is talking about how the, all the guys she's dated, a klepto named Ronnie. Wait, Ron, no, Ronnie, deadbeat. deadbeat Steve, Steve, klepto. klepto Kenny, Kenny, drummer. drummer. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And she's like, oh, my destiny uh, is being a loser magnet. 
Uh, and now it's uh, just go in and get some and get gone. Uh, I noticed immediately in this scene that Buffy's coat looks absolutely enormous on her. It is enormous. It's like shaped like a bell. It's like <laughs> it kind of fits her on the shoulders, but like from the shoulders down, it just is huge. On I her. actually really like it though. I mean, it's really pretty color and like uh-huh. the style is everything. It's just like, I don't know, I guess maybe, I and guess I, women weren't totally exempt from the whole giant baggy clothes <laughs> in the 90s. So, yeah, I actually kind of liked it. And uh, I feel like we, I think we're going to see this coat again. Like mm-hmm. I think Buffy's red coat is like a thing. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. Well, anyway. It looked gigantic. It, it, yeah, it was pretty huge. So uh, we're getting some insight into Faith's trust issues here. She doesn't believe she can trust men. And uh, she wants to hear about uh, Buffy's stories now uh, because she's had her fair share of losers, but you've boinked the undead. Faith's always <laughs> taking it back to some sex. Oh, yes. She's got to talk about sex, especially when she's with, with Buffy. The Duchess of Buffonia herself. The Duchess of Buffonia herself, yes. Oh, I don't trust men. Now I just go in and get some and get out. Yeah. What about you, Buffy? Don't you, you find that men don't satisfy your urges? Don't you think there was a, something other than a man you <laughs> could could experience this with? <laughs> what if we had superwoman sex? We don't even need a gear shift. <laughs> because if we kicked it, we'd break it off. Oh. <laughs> All right. Because they have super strength. <laughs> so yes so buffy is saying uh oh it was complicated it's kind of hard for me to talk about and faith kind of tries to push her and buffy's like hey i don't i don't want to talk about this right now Firm and faith says yeah whatever <laughs> i just noticed her fucking her like boston the r's every single time she said a word that ended in r i was like i wrote it that way in my notes <laughs> because it was just so glaring to me mm. And so, well, and it comes and goes a little bit too. Yeah, it's not always there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked the phrasing that she they used here. The writers when they wrote, uh, "All the angel issues are still kind of with me." Oh yeah, <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah, and Buffy also at one point she's like, uh, uh, "My life with Angel is was complicated or something mm-hmm. like that." Yeah. I also this is completely unrelated, but I noticed that the really those coffee bar stools are like really tall. Oh yeah, they look like they come up to Buffy's chest. They're Maybe Sarah Michelle. Tall. Sarah Michelle Gellar's just short. I don't know. I don't know how tall she is. I mean, she does seem pretty. Either she's really short, or David Boreanaz is incredibly tall. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Uh, so Faith uh, says, "Hey, we might as well call it a night." And Buffy's like, "Oh, we need to go check Shady Hill." And uh, Faith decides, uh, she's like, it's on my way. I'll do it for you. And Buffy's like, alone? And she says, I don't need another babysitter. I've got uh, Miss Pris on my back. <laughs> and then she says, later. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, notice this as strongly as you did. I'm going to have to pay it, more attention. It was so obvious to me. Well, since we had the whole Canadian deba- debacle, <laughs> I've been paying really close attention. Also, earlier earlier in the scene, she says, we're 0 for 6. And mm. I didn't know what that meant. I thought that meant they killed six vampires, but I am now realizing that they went to six cemeteries. And found nothing. And found nothing. So then we cut to Faith in the Shady Hill Cemetery, and she sees... Kat doesn't know about sports. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she sees... Uh, 
what we can assume is a demon. It doesn't look like a vampire raiding through this coffin. And it's dressed like one of the three from Angel, kind of. Uh-huh. It's like in this medieval, like, armor, kind of. Yeah, with, like, an axe strapped to the back. I So that little tomb vault thing that's it's digging through, uh-huh. you know, it's supposed to be, like, one of those granite ones, right? Yeah. And it, it's funny because you could kind of see it moving a little bit when he was oh. reaching into <laughs> it. It was, flimsy. like, rocking a little bit. And uh, he doesn't seem to find anything... Faith jumps and kicks him and he like tosses her around and she gets kind of hurt. It seems mm-hmm. at some point he throws her down. Yeah. He, he just really seems unfazed by her. Really? Yeah, exactly. And he leaves empty handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we cut to the Restfield cemetery with Xander. How bad of an issue do you think? Like it's gotta be really tough being like a cemetery groundskeeper in Sunnydale. Oh yeah. Just like <laughs> constantly having graves like, defiled broken into like this guy's just ripping body parts and stuff out of a coffin and throwing it on the ground and like, you you know those men or those people excuse me i shouldn't assume you know those people don't get paid enough mm, they're coming in the next day like god damn it again <laughs> why does this keep happening why do the, what do they make their headstones out of in sunnydale they just like uh they just look to camera like the little animals in the flintstones and they're like it's a living that's a living <laughs> yes so xander's at Restfield. he's talking to himself hey why don't my, i alleviate my guilt by getting out and getting myself really really killed mm. which is a good point mm. why is he doing this this is st- stupid <laughs> i mean i do appreciate that the show addresses it yeah but i cannot like imagine like you know vampires are real and you're in a cemetery at night by alone yourself as with you're no- a regular human well, he did have a stake i was gonna say with not even any weapons but he did have a stake and yeah like he slayed some vampires with the rest of the scoobies when buffy was gone but there were four of them <laughs> right <laughs> so, but yeah no i mean it makes sense in terms of like the story he's feeling really guilty about the willow thing he could have just gone home (laughs) well yeah i mean but if everybody made logical decisions especially in you know movies and tv especially sander harris really boring yeah so uh, he could make some decisions a little better yes he hides and sees angel leaving the mansion with something wrapped in some mansion uh, oh yeah not the mansion i thought it was at the mansion at first a mausoleum with something wrapped up in some cloth and he follows him and he pulls a stake out of his jacket. And I was like, this is fucking rich. Like Xander thinks he can take Angel. <laughs> I wrote LOL at Xander thinking he could take I wrote, Angel. I literally wrote LMAO after writing that, that he pulled out the stake. Right. This is Actually, I wrote Angel or Angelus. Yes. Because they're clearly two different they're people. Cl- they are not the same person in any sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, this is... What Xander is such a turd. I hate him. (laughs) Like he's following Angel. What the fuck is he going? Run away and find someone and tell them. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But he has to be a shit. Yes, he does. And he is. So he follows him to the mansion and goes down the stairs into the garden. And he sees through a broken window that Angel and Buffy are smooching. Mm -hmm. Gasp. And we cut to break. Guess that cold turkey thing didn't work. <laughs> Guess not. Uh, so we cut back from break. Uh, Buffy and Angel are making out, and she gasps as she pulls away from him. <gasps> Shame on me. Shame on you. What were you thinking? <laughs> I was like, Buffy, this is just as much you as it is Angel. What am I doing? What are you doing? <laughs> 
Uh, she says she doesn't know why she came back here and she starts to leave but he says no it's good you did I found this and he found the glove of Finnegan that's what he had wrapped up in the cloth earlier so like we're supposed to assume that Buffy I guess told Angel about the glove no Angel just knew uh, she did tell him about the glove because in the show yeah. Oh, so, that he was looking for an all-powerful thingamabob. An all, yes. And so I'm from guessing, that, and, Angel was like, okay, all-powerful thingamabob. Glove of Minigan. Well, okay. It's at this exact <laughs> crypt. Okay. okay, okay. So a couple, and he just like figured I th- that I out. I also think this is ridiculous. But first, he knew that she was looking for Lagos. Uh-huh. And so if he knows who Lagos is, maybe Lagos has just been eternally search- searching for the glove of Minigan or something. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. So this he, weird he knows about ma- the love of Minigan. Glove, the the glove love of... of <laughs> no no glove of Minigan, no love of Minigan. Am I right? <laughs> yes. The glove of Minigan. And he lived in this mansion for a little while, which apparently is very close, maybe, to the crypt. Actually, it might not be. It, it may or may not be close to the crypt mm-hmm. that the glove was in. <laughs> so maybe mm-hmm. maybe it makes a, i i don't i don't uh subscribe to that idea but you know maybe that's how he knows but I it mean, doesn't make any sense it is possible that in the intervening time there was like a scene that happened off camera that buffy explained more about it or no something, there's no but... way that that happened i do not believe Why? that happened for a second because she was like I mean, I guess she could have, but she would have had to go to the mansion, tell him, and he leaves without her and then comes back and then kisses her before yeah, telling her. why not? Before she comes home from school, before she goes out to search the cemetery, she tells him about it, and then he and goes then out she to search le- another cemetery. Wait, and then she leaves. There are 12 I mean- cemeteries. <laughs> there are 12 cemeteries, I just think Kyle. it was really funny that you were just like, absolutely, that's physically impossible. Okay, sure. I don't think anyway. I don't know why we're still talking about this, but it was just it was just funny. Anyway, yeah, it, it, that whole thing that was some suspension of disbelief that you have to do right there. Yeah, that is it was a lot. And oh, um so he shows her the glove and she's like she just tries to put it on. Well, she first she says, "Um great, just uh, wherever this was gift wrapped, remind me never to shop there." <laughs> yes. Like wrapped in some dirty old rags. Uh-huh. And uh, he tells her, don't put it on because you can't take it off. She says, no touching, <laughs> kind of like us. And it, that, and he's touching her hand and he pulls it away, mm-hmm. kind of like us. And I was like, you guys have been touching a whole lot, Buffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so she says she's going to tell Giles in the morning, you hold on to it. And uh, I was like, yeah, just a, a nice plan to just, you know, just wait until later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just, I guess maybe Giles could be asleep. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so uh, we cut away and we see that Giles has found a wood engraving of the glove in a book at his apartment. And uh, he tells Miss Post, who is that Mrs. Post, who oh, is there, Mrs. that it was by Father Theodore of Wolfsham. And she says, "Oh, it's be- uh, that's based on sketchy and unreliable folk le- legend." And and she like kind of insults him, and that's when he's like, he's just kind of like staring into says, space. She says, uh, "The pictures are fun to look at, but one must read the nice words as well." <laughs> yes, or something like that. And so he's like staring into space, and the, the tea kettle whistles, and it's very you know yeah, he's very like cartoony, very like, like pissed. It's like yeah. the cartoony like steam coming out of your ears thing. Mm-hmm. right and so he goes to make some tea and okay this is a little touch that i thought was really funny and really like subtle Uh uh-huh 
I don't know if you noticed this, but he starts making her tea, right? And they're kind of having this yeah. conversation. Like, I, she's like, I know you must find me tire, tiresome or whatever. And he puts a tea bag in a cup for her. And then she pulls the tea bag out of the cup. And then she pulls this thing out of her purse and she like gets her own tea diffuser with her own tea <laughs> out of her purse and I puts it in the like. I was even looking for something like that and I didn't see it. Well, because late, see, I thought about the first time because I was like the first time I didn't notice her switching. And I was like, I noticed her holding this little thing with like a little chain and like a little fancy little kind of embellishment on the end. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn, Giles got some fancy ass tea diffusers. I wonder. But is then that the like second a... time I watched it, I was like, oh, she brought that herself because she's such an asshole that she's like, oh, I don't want your shitty tea. <laughs> yeah, right. I brought my own good tea. I wonder if that's like in uh, in the UK. Do you? It's like, is it like a normal thing that everyone has like their own tea diffuser and they don't use tea bags? Like they just have no. Nah, they I have tea and I a diffuser, or yeah. what? I mean, I'm not from the UK, but like, I, I don't, don't think so. I just, how do you make your tea if you're from the UK? Oh, this I mean, brings I'm sure me to there something. are people who, it's just like here, people who have the diffuser and people who have the bags. This brings me to something I forgot to mention. So I mentioned Brian earlier who messaged us uh, with a screenshot of his top podcasts on Spotify. But before that, he also messaged us and he told me that uh, he's from Scotland. Mm. And he said that it's quite common for British people to bring grapes when visiting someone in the hospital. Ooh. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I got an answer to that. So thank you so much, Brian. Browsers. I'm glad I remembered to mention it. So Xander comes in as he's making the tea and he's like, Giles, uh, there's a problem. It's Buffy. And that's just as well, she, she and Giles are talking about Buffy. Right before he says that, though, the joke is he's like, I'm in complete control of my Yes, slayer. yes. And then he jumps in and says, Giles, we have a big problem. It's Buffy. And then I just wrote, Xander is such a complete shit. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Because, of course, he just, instead of like, I don't know, talking to Buffy about it. Right. He just runs to tell on her to Giles. Exactly. That, Such an asshole. Uh, Jesus. I hadn't even thought about it that way. He should have tried to, he should have talked to Buffy. He could have right. gone he, to her house. He could have just even walked in instead of staring at them kissing through a hole in the window. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a complete creep. Uh, what a gigantic turd. Anyway, they have like a little secret conversation. And my notes like, about Xander eventually just devolve into all caps screaming on my computer. Yes. I just had to, I wasn't, I was alone while I was taking them. So I had to, vent to somebody yes and it was my computer and uh while they're talking gwendolyn's like would you like some assistance and jazz is like thank you that won't be necessary (laughs) it's very funny yeah he's very like like very uh minnesota nice but british nice yes (laughs) but he's like (laughs) it's like very terse version of being nice he's iowa stubborn so uh (laughs) the next scene is so annoying the uh, intervention yeah yes the dick intervention <laughs> so, <laughs> the dick intervention so buffy comes into the library everyone's there stony faced and she says lagos is out of luck i've got the magic mitten thingy and she asks what's with the tragedy masks which mm-hmm. i thought was funny and so giles tells her to take a seat and xander gives his seat to her and uh, Giles says, we know Angel is alive. Xander saw you. You lied to us. And Willow has learned a little bit from yeah, Dead she, Man, since Dead Man's Party. Well, and she, I was going to say, she obviously researched 
intervention techniques. Yes, I love Willow so much. And like in in Dead Man's Party, I remember making the point that like Willow was kind of making her point more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And like she was still attacking Buffy a little bit, but like she was talking about how it made her feel and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't perfect. And like, she has improved since then. Right. And so she's like the one in this scene who's not being a giant dick to Buffy. Right. Uh, and Buffy reminds everybody to use the I statements. Yes. (laughs) And that's when Carissa, or Carissa. What? (laughs) Carissa explains (laughs) it all. I guess maybe I was trying to say Charisma Carpenter. Maybe. I don't know what just happened to my brain. Anyway, <laughs> Cordelia <laughs> says, fine, here's one. I feel worried. About, about me. Because <laughs> she makes she, the, a very valid point. Yes. How About how Angelus was more worried about killing Buffy's friends than laying a hand on her. You know, which makes sense. I have to say, too, like before we delve too much further into this. I have always been like soup like irritated and I've always felt that this was very parallel to Dead Man's Party. But like in terms of like their argument and then like all kind of attacking her. Uh-huh. Um I do still feel that way. I mean, obviously about Xander. Willow got a little bit better. But I do have to say, I mean, thinking about it now, they there is a slight point there. So, because she was clearly like losing control and like inching towards like them fucking again. So my my thing is, uh, so I I understand why they're having this meeting and everything because she did keep it a secret that Angel is alive mm-hmm. and she's been having secret meetings with him and stuff. And uh, I the whole like you know the physical intimacy intimacy thing I think is like I think I think Giles and Xander in particular are show like kind of disrespecting Buffy a lot. Oh yeah. By just assuming that she's going to fuck him again. I do still think that they are completely within the wrong there, but, but in the show it is kind of showing a progression to that. Yeah. Well, and I went, she went from like one scene being like, we almost kissed. That's bad. We can't do that to them fully making out (laughs) in another scene. Yes. So there was a progression towards that. But what I was going to say is like, I understand the concern and everything. One thing that I do not like is their just assumption that she's going to put the entire world in danger. Right. That she would just do it. I mean, and then the other is that they're just like, they're just such gigantic dicks and just are assuming that like in a week, Angel's going to be evil again in, well, and the the thing to yeah, sorry, it's I just don't that's that's the thing like it makes sense to me for them to have like some sort of little Concern. intervention like this yeah, but to me, the whole thing that irritates me and it's the same thing in Dead Man's Party, there's like no differentiation between Angel and like soulless Angel yeah right exactly. like they are equating them as the same person. When they all know that's not the truth. Yeah, it is. That's, it's bizarre. That is the really irritating part of, to me. And I mean, it, it seems like, I mean, I guess when the person, if you think about it in real, like if this was real, yes. <laughs> if this was real, you know, for like Giles, who brings up the thing about torture here in a minute, mm-hmm. like if you were tortured by a person who had everything the same except they just lacked the soul part. 
I guess it could be a little bit hard. Like there would be definitely cognitive dissonance, right? Of, yeah, like, I understand like two a trauma people. response to that, of course. But at the same time, it's like that. It's like it's not even considered that. I mean, Angel with a soul would never do that. Yeah, and I'm gonna yell at Giles about that in a second. Mm-hmm. So Giles mentions that uh, she must have known it was wrong, or she wouldn't have hidden it. And she says she wanted to wait. And Xander says, "For what? For Angel to go psycho the next time you give him a happy?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Fuck you, Xander." Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, "We're not together like that." And then Oz mentions that she was kissing him, and that's when Buffy's like, "You were spying on me. What gives you the right?" And instead of saying, "No, I just kind of happened upon it." Uh, he says, w- the right to suck face with your demon lover again. Actually, Cordelia. That was Cordelia, that. actually, yes. <laughs> she says it was an accident. He says, did you trip and fall on his lips? And she says she knows it was wrong. It can't happen again. And that she would never put them in any danger. And if she thought, she, uh, if she thought he was going to hurt anyone. And then Xander says, you would stop him like you did last time with Miss Calendar. Mm-hmm. And this is just like the face that Willow made at him in Becoming Part 1 when he was being a fucking shithead about Angel last time. Mm-hmm. When Buffy's like, what the actual fuck, you you terrible, awful person? Yeah, it's just so shitty. And like she makes this point, like um, Buffy, she's like, right, this is all nobility has nothing to do with jealousy. And then Cordelia's like, oh, what, Miss Get Over Herself or something like that? Right, which is, I mean, Xander is not over Buffy at all. Cordelia yeah. talks about it all the time. Exactly. And uh, I mean, but I get like, it's probably for her like a pride thing. But Yeah, right. But, and then Willow, I did write Willow is trying to be, or is actually attempting to be emotionally literate. She's like, she says something like, like I feel you have a blind spot where Angel's concerned. Which is very reasonable. And true. <laughs> and a good way of expressing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, okay, come on, Willow. Yeah, come on, Willow. And then come she on, 100%. And then <laughs> she's like, <laughs> that part when it really starts devolving and she's like, Giles, no one's doing the I statements. Yes. Uh, she mentions that he has the glove and Xander's like, great. Uh, you leave the glove with him. Give all the, the give him all the fire. Guy. Yes, g- give him all the firepower. Leave us to clean it up. Uh, you uh, and she's like, you'd love an excuse to hurt him, wouldn't you? And yes, that is completely fucking true. Right. Uh, and he says, I don't need one. And that's when she mentions the jealousy thing. He said several dead people actually constitute an ex- or a reason or something like that. Yes. And uh, this is when Giles is like, that's enough. Buffy knows our concerns, but her actions can be understood, which is a nice thing for him to say in the room full of everyone. Yeah. It's like he does have her back like to the group, but then yes, later. <laughs> not <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> Uh, so he's like, let's focus on destroying the glove of Minigan, go do, back to class. I do feel like here as well that Giles's position and his feelings and everything, I do think his this whole time is they're very amplified. Like he is very on edge by Gwendolyn yeah. Post. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Not that it excuses him being like kind of an A asshole. Giant fucking dick. But like I one hundred percent that's where this is coming from, is like her being up his ass and him mm-hmm. being like I'm being bad at being a watcher. This is my whole life. (laughs) Uh It's all his own insecurities. So she goes to his office after everyone leaves. She starts to thank him and talk about the glove. And he tells her to be quiet. And she says, I won't remind you that the fate of the world often lies with the Slayer. What would be the point? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking? Okay, anyway, shut up, Giles. It's a lead into the next part. Yeah, I know. Or that you've jeopardized the lives of all that you hold dear by harboring a known murderer. Again, 
Shut up. Angel and Angel. <laughs> Angel and Solus Angel. Or Angelus, I guess. As like, the TikTokers like to tell us. Yes. Uh, not the same person. <laughs> right. And like, again. Or, or you could even look at it as they are the same person, but one person has like a severe, uh, I mean, I don't know how to say it, like m- mental problem. Like a complete lack of empathy that isn't their fault. Uh, I don't. I don't Not know mental. that I would go that far. It's like a metaphysical mental problem, but I'm saying like I'm making an a analogy. soul problem. Yeah, but it's. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like they are kind of the same person. It's just like a, like sort of like a disorder almost. Uh, I want to shy away from talking about mental disorders making people murderers. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> I was gonna say I do feel like that's another thing too. Like, so anyway. I, well, I understand like them having some fear around him because the last time any of them saw him, well, he was Angelus. I just want to pull back a second too. The reason I'm con- I'm making that comparison is like in a case where somebody is like at like losing mental capacity or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. It's like he doesn't have control over that. Yes, Angel, yeah. Angel being desold or whatever. He has no control over like what he's doing. And then but then I don't know. It's just a really tough thing because like I mean, he obviously is very aware of what's going on, but he lacks any kind of emotion or empathy to care about it. Yeah, it's whatever. Angel and Angelus are Angel is not responsible for Angelus's actions. It does not make sense to blame him for those. Exactly. Uh, and so he then mentions that he tortured him for hours for pleasure. You should have told me you didn't. You have no respect for me or the job I perform, which is a very pointed statement be- because of the Gwendolyn Post thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's there. And But it, what would they have done if the curse had worked? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I was They would have all of. been like, fuck you, Angel. We're going to kill you anyway. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. So she seems ashamed yeah. and she leaves. And what I want to say is, J- Giles, you are fucking like 40 years old or whatever one year ago you put everyone in danger by not telling them your dirty secret so fuck you you (laughs) asshole right yeah i mean i do think yeah i agree yeah that's a really great point i mean you got your girlfriend possessed by a fucking demon yeah they almost had a decapitator exactly but yeah i mean throwing her into lava but they realized that was for a heretic (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah it's I definitely think I, I I remember watching this initially and just being like, man, they really made Gwendolyn Post go hard. But I think they needed that because I do think that really underpins and like really makes this make sense because uh-huh. he's so flustered and so fucked up by her that it's just like blinding him almost to anything. I else. agree. And it can be, I think if you're not like thinking of it with the whole context, you can uh, not really catch that. Or just like, be like, this doesn't make sense. Why is Giles thinking like this? <laughs> yeah. So I was so, so fucking mad. Cause I was like, literally a year ago, your fucking uh, orgy demon from 20 <laughs> years ago, ago possessed your girlfriend because you didn't want to tell anyone anything about it. So shut the actual right. fuck up, you bitch. She's younger than you were when you fucking had sex with a bunch of people and got a guy killed with a demon. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Zach was really uh, upset by that statement. Yeah. I, d- I was slamming my phone down. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so someone knocks on Faith's motel door 
Uh, and she opens the door with a steak ready. And I do have to say, as big an asshole as Mrs. Gwendolyn Post is, she makes a pretty valid point here. Yeah, she says, uh, vampires rarely knock, especially in the sunlight (laughs) or in the daylight. Uh, And she's like, oh, this is your home. And Faith is like, yeah, the decorators just left because it's, you know, a grungy motel and it's kind of messy. And uh, she's like, "Uh, have you heard of the Spartans? I don't know. Are there a bunch of guys from Spart? <laughs> that, I love that line. It's like, wild stab, a bunch of guys from Spart. <laughs> so funny. It makes me laugh. And then she says Spartans later. Spartans, yes. Uh, and that, I did notice the accent on that one for sure. Yes. Uh, and Gwendolyn is like, oh, they lived in quarters like this. A true fighter needs nothing else. And so she does the like tough teacher thing where she's like, you'll probably hate me, but I'll make you a better slayer. <laughs> I know. She says, you'll probably hate me a great deal of the time. And then Faith is like, you think? <laughs> And uh, then, but that will keep you alive. And then Mrs. Post puts a huge crack in the Buffy Faith relationship here. Oh yeah. So first she's like, God knows what Giles has been filling your head with, and Faith's like, Oh, he's okay. And then she's like, uh, and he's got his secret meetings. She says, Let him have his games and secret meetings. Uh, something with Buffy and her friends. And, and Faith's like, Yeah, I guess that doesn't include me. And I was like, <gasps> Faith, it doesn't. No, Faith, you don't mm-hmm. know Angel. It's fine. <laughs> And then she says, why does he let her socialize so much? (laughs) Which is very funny. And we know that she's a watcher Mm -hmm. uh, after watching the episode. She was a watcher. And so this can be another like little peek into their methods Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Slayers. And we already saw that with Kendra. Like Kendra didn't really get to have any friends (laughs) or anything. She couldn't even talk to boys. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense that uh, Gwendolyn Post would be like, why does he let her have friends? Right. And uh, I have to say too, like Gwendolyn Post, I mean, obviously, I mean, this isn't... (laughs) This isn't like a big observation or anything, but like just such a master manipulator. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's just so good at like, she just pushes everyone's button. Like just like, she just, and I always wondered, and I still do a little bit, like did she, was she intentionally doing this? Yeah. I think she was. I think she she wanted, she did want, I think she was trying to like get faith on her side Uh in case things blew up to like, turn kind of faith against the others so she'd be like yeah that makes sense because i mean she doesn't care if faith is a good slayer or not right so well i'm talking about the thing about her telling her about the meeting and like this the way she put it about the secret meeting oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, absolutely definitely manipulating faith here so they leave to go do some training some kicking and punching and stabbing Faith's, Faith's your girl yep <laughs> uh at school, Buffy approaches Willow and she says, on a scale of one to ten, how much are you hating me right now? I have to say there's a sticker on the locker behind Buffy that says wet dreams. Oh. And Willow has one on the inside of her locker. Oh, that says wet Willow. dreams. <laughs> I don't know if that's a band or what. It must be. Uh, Willow says, zero, you were scared. You kept a secret. Uh, secrets are normal. They're good. That's why we keep them, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to the bronze tonight? Willow also has this really cute little jack-o'-lantern with arms and legs on the inside of her locker. Yes. Uh, so clearly, like, Willow Willow was better at, like, the conflict mm-hmm. stuff before, but also... Well, she's really relating to it. <laughs> yes. Also, what's, uh, what is uh, informing her decision to <laughs> not be too hard on Buffy right now is that she also has a dirty secret. Mm-hmm. Xander just doesn't give a fuck because he's a gigantic asshole. Because he can only think about how Buffy 
will not pleasure his penis. Exactly. But Willow actually like feels guilty. Xander says mm-hmm. he feels guilty, but and he doesn't give a shit. Buffy is a human being and not an object. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Buffy says uh, she's actually want- wanting to go out and try and kill Lagos tonight as a peace offering for Giles. And uh, Lagos doesn't know that Angel has the glove. So sooner or later, he's bound to show up at the crypt where the glove actually was. And find Buffy in a not so good mood. Yes. According to Willow. According to Willow, yes. Uh, so we cut to the bronze with Xander and Faith. Xander is playing pool and uh, Faith's like, you look pissed. Uh, tell me about it. Cause he said he had a rough day mm-hmm. and she thinks that they were talking about more about this glove stuff than they were letting on. But he's like, yeah, right. Want to hear some real news? Angels alive. And she's like the vampire. What? And he tells her he has the glove too. She says, guy like that, uh, that glove can kill a whole mess of people. And he says, but Buffy doesn't seem to care. He uh, says, I said the same thing to Buffy. Weird how she doesn't seem to care. I'm like, <sighs> I wrote, <laughs> maybe because Buffy like has actually been around him. You fucking ass nugget. I want, uh, this is the note that I wrote here. Fuck, fucking fuck, fuckity fuck Xander. <laughs> And he says uh, that Buffy says he's clean, but Faith says that they can't afford to find out, and we deal with it. Uh, she says, I say I slay. And then he asks if he can come because he wants to watch Angel die because he's a little scared little five-year-old fucking boy who thinks someone's going to take his crush away from him. Right. Xander. God, I hate this fucking asshole so much. <laughs> I think it's just like a real insight too into joss whedon because like this is the joss whedon analog you know oh yeah absolutely just so many things make a lot more sense you know yes knowing what we know now (laughs) yes so uh we go back to the library in giles office he asked gwendolyn post to come see him and she's here she's knackered she's knackered from training with faith and he's like (laughs) your first slayer i take it Mm. And I was like, has Giles had a Slayer before? <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because he ha- he does have a well, Slayer. I also wonder, did he mean like, is he including people who train potential Slayers? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, and uh, he tells her he has respect for her methods and everything. In his own American way. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he also says that he knows where the glove is. And she's, she's like, we have to go find it and hide it so no one else can get it. Practically about to come when he says he knows where the yes, glove is. Yes, like, the glove. Uh, the glove. <laughs> and he's like, or we could destroy it. And she's like, destroy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My magic dildo? Right. And then uh, Giles is like, also, okay. No, let's talk about that later. Never mind. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, the living flame. Uh, I didn't think it could be done. Mm -hmm. He's like, all you got to do is convert fire into living flame. That's it. (laughs) And then she whacks him over the head with a statue. Mr. Giles. Good show. And And she knocks him out. Poor Giles. And I was like, she's evil. And then. What? Gwendolyn Post is evil? Yes. And then we cut to Willow and. Buffy at the cemetery. Yes. So now that we know the actual thread of the episode, we have to get rid of the pretend thread of the episode. Uh, So she's like, oh, not to disrespect my own slaying prowess. uh, Which in some circles is formidable. formidable. That was a funny line. But shouldn't Faith be here? And Buffy tells her she can leave if she's scared. uh, But she doesn't want to. 
And uh, that's when Willow starts to, you know, talk about secrets and how she understands or uh, hypothetically she understands. And uh, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she asks, oh, when you were with him and nobody knew, was it kind of sexy? And Buffy was like, eh, not really. Not too much pressure. (laughs) What? Not really. Too much pressure. uh, So that makes the fun parts not so fun. And she's like, why are you even asking this, Willow? And Willow's like, yeah, this is me. I keep on asking the big questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're blessed with this girl's thirst for knowledge. Yes. Uh, And she's like, okay, there's something I have to tell you. I feel like a good person. I floss. I do my homework. I never cheat. Mm. But lately, and don't judge me, I want you to be the first. Know that... I want you to be the first to know that there's a demon behind you. <laughs> and it's Lagos. I guess we have bum, to bum, assume bum. this is Lagos. I don't think, like, like, we haven't seen a picture of Lagos. He hasn't said any, he doesn't get mm. to say any yeah. words. Giles didn't get to pull out his illustration because he wasn't fast enough. So we're just assuming that this demon is Lagos because he was digging through a coffin. That's at a one really point. good point. <laughs> I <laughs> never thought about that. He doesn't say anything. They're just it, like, ah, that will. They'll just accept that it's Lagos. And I thought this was hilarious. For Buffy's first move is exactly the same as Faith's first move, which is to jump up and kick him in the chest. Right. <laughs> well, and that then, was hilarious. Well, and this time she like, well, Buffy is much more successful. Yeah. She ends up taking the axe off of his back and beheading him. And Willow's just like standing off to the side. And she's like, woo. She goes, Wah. yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I've used that as a gift before. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, Obviously, it's the same one that Faith was fighting earlier, and assume we assume it's Lagos. And Buffy's like, sorry about that. What were you saying? Right. <laughs> so he's just gone in a few seconds. Right. And she's like, I opened my SAT test booklet five minutes early. Doesn't seem like much of a big deal now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, too, the way she's, like, holding her hand and, like, kind of, like, it's like she's kind of, like, kind of covering her mouth and, like, kind of biting her nail a little uh-huh. bit. And, like, oh, I really like the way... Allison Hannigan played that, where she's like trying to be very casual, but mm-hmm. and I was like, "No, Willow, you are about to tell the truth." So close, we were so close, and they're like, "Okay, let's bring Giles some happiness." Uh, so then we cut to Xander and Faith entering the library. First line I typed was, "Xander fucking sucks." Xander fucking sucks. He shows Faith to the weapons, and uh, Faith calls the crossbow. No, Xander calls the crossbow. Oh, excuse me, Xander calls the crossbow. And Faith Faith gets like weird, a, like a baseball bat with a with hook a hook. On it. On it. I was like, "What the fuck is that? Are you gonna hook him to death? What? That's mm. not even the hook part's not even wood. What are you? Ta- what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I I truly have no idea what that thing was." It looks like the things that the uh, weird demons in the uh, that hell dimension in L.A. had. Oh yeah, it does kind of look like that, doesn't it? Uh, they then find Giles, who is unconscious on the ground. And uh, they're like, oh, no, what happened? Uh, And they think that it was Angel who did it. Well, Faith thinks it. Yeah, Faith Faith voices that she's like, let me guess. It's uh, Angel or Buffy's (laughs) ex-meat. And she's like, how much more proof do you need? And it's really funny. Sorry. It's really funny, too, channeling, like, thinking through this kind of, like, Faith as this bisexual who has, like, this obsession with Buffy kind of headcanon thing uh-huh. because it kind of really explains this even more it's like she further is just like yeah she's kind of guy. being xander in this moment a right little bit. a little bit and then 
I mean, she's got other reasons that are more complicated than Xander's yeah. and more reasonable, but <laughs> Yes, right, exactly. Um, which is that's really funny to say about Faith. But yeah, um so anyway. <laughs> Uh, and so Xander seems to be more concerned about staying with Giles and calling nine one one. And yeah, he keeps trying to say like this isn't Angel style because I mean, if Angel had done it, he would have either taken him or murdered him. Yeah, and there are no bite marks or anything. Yeah, and then he's like, which the you know doesn't a- doesn't really mean anything when it comes to Angel because yeah. that's not how I killed Jenny. Well, he's like, the guy's a demon. How much more proof do you need? And he says, bite marks for it would be nice or something yeah. like. So yeah, I mean. Anyway, and then he just, it's really funny that like seeing Giles hurt just killed his anger boner and yeah. made him start being logical. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is, I guess I like this development. I'm not well, sure. And then he's just like, I is like, was he thinking right up until this point, Angel is definitely evil still, but then he's like, well, Angel didn't do this to Giles, probably, so Angel's not evil. And he yeah, suddenly I, is like, wait, don't kill him. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen when you were telling a Slayer there's an evil vampire who's got a really and powerful she was magical like, object? I'm going to slay him. Like, and what? you're like, I want to come watch. <laughs> what exactly what? was your plan? I don't... Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he just, like, in the moment was like, I don't... I don't, I'm still not convinced he didn't want Angel to die. I, I have no idea he what's going on He definitely did when here. he was playing pool. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I'm Dirty I'm not pool, convinced that even now he does not want Angel to die. I think he's just more concerned about Giles. I guess, but like he's just making these kind of like kind of logical statements so like, well, this is probably not Angel. Yeah, if, and why does that matter if you were going to kill him anyway? Exactly. It was it's so weird. But anyway, uh, we cut to Angel doing a spell to cr- turn fire into living flame. Colorful sand. Yes. Uh, we go back to the library where Buffy and Willow are entering now, and Giles is on a gurney. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, actually taking head trauma seriously in this mm. episode. This is this. Are we in Sunnydale still? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it, that, I mean, she was trying to kill him yeah exactly and uh but he comes to uh with just enough time to tell her that she needs to destroy the glove of minigan and with living, living flame. flame not enough time to say gwendolyn post is evil yes that would have helped a whole lot we wouldn't were, it when we were watching this before as like as he said that he was getting wheeled out and i was like oh so gwendolyn post is evil <laughs> yes <laughs> that would have been <laughs> maybe he forgot about it he did get hit in the head uh true well yeah because at first i was like oh he didn't see her hit him but he does because she hits him and then he kind of turns around and is like, the fuck? And she hits him again. Yeah, exactly. And okay, so Buffy but, asks what yeah. happens and Xander says, your boyfriend's not as cured as you thought. You were just saying it might not be Angel, Xander. What are you talking about? I Okay, I <laughs> this is where I started typing in all caps, fuck Xander. Ah, yes, you did fucking assume, you fucking asshole. Yeah, because she's like, you just assumed it was his and he was like, Faith did. And I was like, what is what is wrong with you? Jesus actual fucking Christ. What is going on? It's just so obnoxious. It's incredibly obnoxious. And he's like, oh, I just told her what everyone knows. She's a big girl. She came to her own conclusions. And Buffy asks how much of a head start she got. He says 10 minutes. And she's like, figure out how to destroy the glove. And I'm going to go save Angel. And Buffy leaves. And Willow just turns to Xander and says, shut up and help me. Right. And then 
Gwen Post shows up to meet Angel. Angel's like the only person that's kind of suspicious of her. Well, but he tells her where it is anyway. He's yeah. never seen this woman. I d- has maybe Buffy told him about her, I guess. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he's like, what? And then he's still a little bit suspicious. And then anyway, <laughs> she's like, he tells her it's in the chest. She picks up a shovel. Why is there a shovel? I don't know. Is he guard? He might be gardening. They're inside. Well, okay. He just ta- has to take his shovel inside after he plants things in his Tai Chi garden so it doesn't get dirty. But it's kind of sitting there like it was for something. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't well, know. There's a convenient shovel. I do think, well, there were like kind of these little clumps of like root on roots on the ground. So maybe he was digging those up somewhere, but maybe weird that he brought them all the way back into the house. Very weird. Doesn't have a tool shed in that giant mansion. I don't know. It's pretty impractical, if you ask me. Incredible, especially with a garden out there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so so uh, that's after she says, "Oh, if the ritual's incorrect, it will make the glove even more powerful." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> after she hits him with a shovel, she says, "I love this town. Everyone's so helpful." And then we cut to commercial. Yes. And then <laughs> when we come back, Angel pops up all vamp faced. Yeah, as it's after she breaks the lock with the shovel, and he's like, "Okay, that hurt." And she says, it was supposed to kill you, but I believe this is more your poison. And she breaks the shovel over How her knee. How fucking strong is She's she? She's just a person. That's a shovel. <laughs> like, that is, I wrote that too. I was like, damn, she could break a shovel across her knee? Like, I, I don't mean, know. maybe it was like a really old one. Possibly. Had been left outside for a long time or something. But yeah, I was like, that's got to be fucking really tough. I feel like there are a lot of people who you won't expect to be able to break a shovel over their knee, and it's actually easier than you expect, but also that it will hurt like fucking shit. Maybe. Like if you try to do that. So I feel like I, I tried to break on this last cabin trip when we were making that fire. I feel like I tried to break <laughs> a limb across my knee that was much thinner than that shovel, and I couldn't do it. So, yeah. Maybe, was, maybe Gwendolyn Post just works out more than me, but perhaps uh, she is a watcher. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> and that's when uh, he they start to fight. He throws her up against a wall, and he's like next to her as Faith comes in, and she says, "Mrs. Post, I can't, <laughs> can't believe, believe how much I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill you." you. <laughs> that's so funny. And he ju- he says, "You're not getting that glove." And I was like, you, d- "Yeah, don't try to explain yourself, Angel." Well, I mean, he doesn't know who she is. But and Buffy he, must have said and she's something with about it about Faith. Yeah, I mean, but I guess maybe. he doesn't know what she looks like. Also, he just knows she's with this woman who just who hit him in the head with yeah, a shovel. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so. That makes sense. So they fight, and Faith actually... Why, is it, why does Angel suck so much at fighting? <laughs> like, I feel like... He carried is, it over into his unmatched character, that's for uh, sure. Yeah, I feel like this. there's this idea that Angel's, like, a really strong vampire and really good at fighting, but he's mm-hmm. not. Like, remember in the Dark Age when Buffy staked a bunch of vampires and he kicked one into the getaway car? <laughs> or, like, his very first fight as Angelus with Angel, she could have killed him. Mm-hmm. She was about to kill him. She would have killed him if it weren't just so hard for her. Like, Angel's not a good fighter. And he also, uh, there was also that random guy from the Order of Taraka who Buffy had to slit his throat with an ice skate because Angel couldn't beat him. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, well, and there's like, I don't know. You also get this idea that he's this, like, well, that when he's unsold Angel, that he's this evil manipulative mastermind, but he just kind of makes these like, it's basically just like pranks, but with murder. Yeah, exactly. Like even when he was Angelus, he was like he was terrible at fighting. He got yeah. his ass kicked all the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's when we cut to Xander and Willow. 
in the uh, library. Oh, I did, did I mention that Buffy stops Faith from staking him? Because that's important. Oh, right. Yeah. She's just about to do it. And then she puts her hand out just in the nick of time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so Xander and Willow are in the library. And she's like, this is either the catalyst for a living flame or some really the smelly, smelly sand. sand. And uh, they're about to test it. But then Xander finds in the book what the glove does. And he's like, there's no time to test this. Which is very dramatic. So they just very quickly put the stuff into a plastic bag. And, and then it, run out the door. It's very funny to me that like this stuff for this spell, can you can just transport it in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it makes sense. But it also is very like funny from just like a... A juxtaposition of like this like medieval magic stuff right. in a Ziploc bag. Giant mortar and pestle and like fancy drawers of sand and then they just dump it into a sandwich bag. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we go back to the man- mansion and uh, Faith or Buffy is telling Faith that she's confused and <laughs> Faith calls her a Twinkie <laughs> and she says, let me clear you up. A vampire slayer, dead vampire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gwendolyn's like, she doesn't know. She's blinded by love. Trust me, Faith. <laughs> right. And I was like, uh-oh, trust me, Faith. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is a woman, so Faith can trust her, right? So mm. they fight. At one point, Buffy bites Faith, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Mm. This fight is super cool. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. She kind of breaks her finger or, or pulls her finger back or does something crazy with the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the choreography in it is really neat. And then it is really, it's particularly cool because we've only ever had one other Slayer fight and it was that really short fight between Buffy and Kendra at the end of What's My Line Part 1. Right. And then uh, they really like uh, crashing Buffy and Faith through doors and windows. Yes, they do. They dramatically crash through that. Oh, also at another point, it looks like one of them kicks the other in the boobs. <laughs> thought that was really funny looking. Uh-huh. Oh, um, oh, I also wrote here, Giles definitely could have added that Gwendolyn Post is evil. But, oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, I the fight continues outside, and then Xander and Willow show up, and Xander runs out to try to, like, he's like, guys, guys, don't fight. And then Faith just picks him up and throws him. <laughs> she, it's just like he's a, you know, like a bag of, I don't know, moth turds or something. Yes, he is a bag of turds. Anyway, she throws him, like, the bag of turds he's he a bag is, of dicks. And... <laughs> Bag of tit. What's bag that? Of bag of tricks. Turds. Bag of turds. <laughs> anyway, if you know, um, you know. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, um, I was like, Xander, one hundred percent deserved that. He absolutely did. Fuck you, you fucking asshole. I wish he had died. Just and kidding. Then, and then, oh wow. <laughs> Pull it back. Pull it back. So anyway, uh, Gwendolyn Post gets the chest open. They still keep hanging on to Drusilla's dolls, which is weird. It's kind of cute. It's nice, I guess. And uh, she's like, finally. And then she like whacks Willow in the and, face. Yeah, because Willow's like, what are you doing? Yeah, she's, she's just, just making this weird her. face. And then she, yeah. And then, yeah, she smacks Willow and <laughs> knocks Willow out before putting the glove on. And then I wrote ouchie because like all the little things they, like, like stab, stab into her, her arm. Yeah. I was like, ew. Ouchie. Even with untold like power. I don't know if I could do that. And then <laughs> Faith is kind of like, she's like, misposed. And then she's, she's like, like what are you doing? A word of advice. You're an idiot. And that's when she raises the glove to the sky and speaks Gaelic. That's three words, Miss Post. <laughs> that's three words. And rude. Advice. Anyway. Yeah, very rude. And then she's like about to hit Willow with the lightning and Willow's just kind of staring there, just about to get fully hit in the face <laughs> with it. And I was like, damn, Willow Duck or something. Right. Angel, angel tackles to yeah. her to the ground. And it's like, I mean, it, 
it's not like she's just shooting it right out of the glove. It has to like hit the glove and then like yeah, out of the so sky. She had, she had time to hide behind. Anyway, something. yeah, that was pretty funny. And then uh, I do, I do feel like the lightning effect. Like I thought it was kind of it cool. holds up pretty well. Like yeah. it's not terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a teacher's pet puppet or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, Buffy asks Faith to distract Gwendolyn, which she does, and. Uh, Gwendolyn says, I have the glove. With the glove <laughs> yeah, comes she just the power. She just stops in the middle of shooting lightning to like admire the glove <laughs> yes. and hold her arm at this and, angle. Okay, so what does Buffy pick up off the ground? A big piece of glass. It's just a bit. I thought it was. Door. Okay, I, that's what I thought at first. And then when she throws it, it looked like kind of like a throwing star or something. Well, yeah, I mean, she throws it. It's, I wrote uh, deadly arm chopping frisbee glass. Yeah, so Buffy throws some fr- frisbee glass at Gwendolyn and chops, chops off her arm, her arm and which, then, which means that she needs to be disintegrated by lightning. Now. Well, but that's it's convenient that she gets vaporized because then we don't have to deal with this moral conundrum of like, what do we do with this evil person that wanted to kill everyone? Yeah, right. And Buffy didn't technically kill her, I guess. Yeah, technically it was the Minigan, the Miniganism. The, 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 min- the Miniganites. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the glove releases from her arm. Oh, every time, <laughs> every time I meant to tell you this earlier. Every time they said "Glove of Minigan," uh, I would hear it in my head as "Glove of Minigan," like that song. Um, I'm Glove Dominican. Of oh, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, uh, I say I've had it up to here, never clear, never clue you in again. Glove of Minigan. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's from the musical episode of Scrubs. Yes, yes. <laughs> where, uh, that's so yeah, funny. Carla's mad that Turk always forgets that she's Dominican. For the last time, Turk, I'm to give. Oh, I'm to give. I'm Dominican. <laughs> Glove anyway. of Minigan. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to school at the next day. They're in the little lounge area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about how they burned up the glove with the living flame. This is also where I realized that Oz and Cordelia just weren't involved. For yeah, some they, yeah. Uh, I don't. I guess they don't have to do the research like Willow and Xander do. Yeah, like it's interesting that well, they're okay, there. So let's let's actually think through this. Willow was with Buffy at the cemetery, and mm-hmm. they went there after they had their conversation at school about the intervention. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe Oz still felt weird about it or something, or Willow and Buffy wanted some alone time. Willow did was wanting to tell Buffy about her secret, so it makes sense that it would be just Willow there. Yeah, I mean, it's not like really wild that they weren't there. It's just funny that and I- Xander. I guess he and Cordelia just weren't hanging out because he went to the bronze and that's where Faith saw him and they went he straight to, to the go library play Angry pool. Yeah. So it make I mean, you would think maybe Xander would hang out with Cordelia, but she probably had something better to do. Also, <laughs> Xander's apparently now obsessed with Willow, so Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Yep. Now it all tracks, it's just funny. It was that I didn't notice it. I was that that was the point where I was like, Oh yeah, I was in Cordelia. Yeah, they just, just didn't get to be involved with the action at all. Yeah, and then uh yeah, and he says, "Sound like we mi- sounds like we missed a lot of fun." <laughs> and Xander's <laughs> like, "We're, we're telling, telling it wrong." Uh, and um, oh, Willow mentions how she likes Angel again now that he saved her from a horrible, flamey death. I skipped uh, Cordelia saying, "No more evil glove thingy," and yes. Xander saying, "Nah, but a living flame, a little mesquite." Yes. <laughs> so Buffy comes up and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And Oz says, "Oddly enough, your boyfriend again." <laughs> oh, and he's wearing one of those T-shirts that I'm always talking about with the little square graphic print on it. Oh yeah, it's he like was. A white wasn't he? With one of those <laughs> with some like it looks like Hindu deities. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so she's like, "Really, truly, he's fine." And uh, they ask, uh, "She, uh, this, 
infuriated me. She looks at Xander and she says, are we I cool? Know. Oh, it- and Xander says something earlier too about as long as she and Angel don't get pelvic again, we're safe or something, oh which was gross. But anyway, yeah, back into this. I was so mad. Like, what? 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 In what way does she owe him any apology? Right. Fuck him. Especially, like, I I would understand if that was directed to everyone, and she's like, hey, sorry for keeping this a secret from you. Mm-hmm. But she's clearly talking straight to Xander, and the only reason she's doing that is because he was the biggest asshole about it. Like, yeah. It, it's just like in the end of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, where she was like, oh, thank you so much for not raping me. Uh, right. I was like, in what world does this warrant this kind of response? To, like, why are we doing a debrief to make this guy feel better about something? Like, uh, I, well, because he's the Joss Whedon analog. Yeah, I, I, was, I think it's the answer to that. Yeah, question. I, I believe in, that in to the me writing as well. of it, in the story of it, it doesn't make sense. I was so fucking annoyed by that. But yeah, it is, it is really obnoxious. I didn't like that at all. Incredibly obnoxious. Uh, so in uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, my note about that was <laughs> Buffy asking Xander if they're cool. Fuck Xander. That yes. Was my note. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, Buffy is talking to Giles and she's like, let me guess Gwendolyn post, not a watcher. And he's like, no, she was a watcher, but she got kicked out for misuse of dark power. They swear I was got a memo. a memo. Yes. Right. They, they swear they sent a memo and I was like, they absolutely didn't because they don't like you. Right, but even also, though you're the watcher of an active Slayer, which makes no sense. Yeah, right. Exact. Well, they also didn't. But, they didn't tell him about Kendra being called, which is ridiculous. But again, I it doesn't make sense. But it does make total sense. <laughs> right. And yeah. He's like, it makes no sense, but in a much more real way, it makes complete sense. Yes. And uh, that's talking in the scope of the entire show, which I can't well, really divulge anymore. But I mean, if you're just thinking about stuff up to this point too, like they didn't tell him about Kendra. Yeah. You're, you're getting a picture that the watchers council is actually like pretty incompetent. Like they either thought that Giles's slayer died uh-huh. and was called and didn't say anything about it. And, and someone else got called or they knew she d- stayed alive and that another slayer was called and still didn't tell him about it. Like, Right. That was really not good. And then there was their whole retreat thing. And now there's this. Like, what is going on over in England? Goobity. Uh It's like everyone in the <laughs> everyone in the Watchers Council is uh, the king from uh, Hamilton. <laughs> uh, that that depiction of him. Right. <laughs> so they're just like super self obsessed like, and <laughs> all haughty. No idea what's going on around. Yes. Them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I uh, I just wrote, we'll have to see how that unfolds, won't we? Yeah, we will. So Someone mentions how the angel thing is really weird. Uh, and then we cut to our final scene of the episode. Faith is in her dingy motel room. It's kind of dirty, watching TV in some really short shorts. <laughs> and I mean, Buffy so, enters. Yeah. And she can wear short shorts as she wants. Yes. <laughs> and she's and Buffy says that the place looks nice. And that's when Faith says, yeah, it's real spotting. Spotting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she says she's five by five. And Buffy says, I'll interpret that as good. And I found that there was a tri- trivia bit on IMDb that caused me to do like kind of a mini dive on this. On five by five? Mm-hmm. Because I had always just thought it was something they like made up for the show or like got from uh-huh. slang or something. So apparently um, it's... Um, potentially something that came from the military 
and I say potentially because there's kind of like mixed things I found about it on the internet, but like basically the idea is it's this military term that's used over two-way radio communication to signify mm. that the signal is loud and clear, like that it's a really good signal that you can hear it really well and understand there's no like distortion um, because there's like this, these five point scales, right? Like it could be two point two by two and that's not very good. Yeah. Huh. But if it's five by five, it's like the best possible clarity or whatever. And Neat. that it may have started in world war two in the military. Huh. I wonder I wonder how they came up with giving that to Faith. I would mm-hmm. I would really like to know that. Maybe somebody's grandpa used to say it all the time. And <laughs> Maybe. Like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna add that. Uh so uh Buffy is reassuring her. She says that Gwendolyn had them all fooled, even Giles, and Faith uh is like, Yeah, you can't trust people, should have known that by now. And I was like, Oh no, more trust issues from Faith. No, no, and Buffy's like, this will sound funny seeing as I just like punched you a lot, but you can trust me. Faith's kind of skeptical about that. And Buffy's like, yeah, I, I kept some secrets. I didn't have a choice, but I'm on your side. And Faith says, I'm on my side. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. Buffy tells her not Sometimes always. It's not right. Yeah. And I, okay, this is a kind of, this was a epiphany moment for me about this episode. Because in the past, I had always felt like Faith just like, takes it on what Gwendolyn Poe says is that they're leaving her out of stuff. And like, that's the whole thing, but that's not it. I mean, well, one, they really did leave her out of it. I mean, yeah, it's not fake. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't believe she just like went with what this woman told her and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, they did leave her out again. And Buffy really was keeping this pretty huge thing secret that really does have to do with their, slayerness uh-huh yeah so i and mean so it makes complete sense that faith is really hurt by this and yeah and, and like so she was kept in the dark but then even when everybody else had it told to them she was still outside of that loop so i also want to mention that like faith is a homeless teenager mm-hmm. living in a motel buffy has off buffy brought her to dinner one time this is like the harry potter ron weasley thing is it we're like oh like Harry, he about. could he's like i could he could have given them all of his money harry is basically a millionaire <laughs> and, and then like they're ron's family they're like they went to the garbage to get some dinner but <laughs> harry knew they would never accept money from him <laughs> that is so funny anyway well it's even worse than that because they do like they're poor but like he mm-hmm. ron has a family who loves him and a bed mm-hmm. that is his own and he food buffy like right faith is living in a motel alone mm. and like no one's like offering her a place to stay or anything and like it's, it's her feels kind of weird her only childness she can't handle a right a live-in stepsister uh, she probably wouldn't be able to mm. i don't think so we may never know uh, it's sad that we'll never know what it would be like if uh, buffy had a sibling so uh <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, and then, okay. So, and like Buffy is trying to reach back out to her in this moment. And then she, it almost works because Faith's like, Buffy, yeah. never mind. And then there are like lingering shots mm-hmm. of that. After Buffy leaves, there's some lingering shots of them, of Faith on the bed. I just wrote Spot and Faith. And Buffy's face. Yes. Yeah. 
I also want to mention, like, there's this very clear juxtaposition between Buffy and Faith where, like, Buffy is standing up and she's, like, in the doorway with sunlight on her. Mm-hmm. And Faith is, like, sitting in, like, these kind of, like, I don't know, maybe ratty clothes. And it's kind of messy all around her. And she's mm-hmm. in this dingy motel room. And, like, Buffy is very, like, 50s housewife for some reason in this with her little Yeah, like, she's, like, this perfectly coiffed hair and this yeah. really pretty outfit. And so, like... There's this very and and their makeup obviously is incredibly different too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Faith always has that maroon lipstick on and stuff like that. And she likes a bold lip. Yes. <laughs> so we have like a lot of the season with Buffy and Faith has like been showing us like we're juxtaposing these two different people together, and Faith is like this person who hasn't had a lot of opportunity, who doesn't have a great family, whose family is okay with her just leaving Boston forever. Who's well, her mom is at, le- at least is dead. Yeah. She said. So like, and she's living in this motel, this dingy motel room with all the stuff around her, and she like is really into sex. Why and she doesn't she trust any people. resources from the Watchers Council? I don't know, Zach. Why doesn't she? Maybe it's because they suck. Maybe. And uh, we have Buffy, who always has these really nice clothes, and she's only ever had sex with one person, and it was really bad for her. And she's al- always has this perfectly quaffed blonde hair, and she has all these friends who, despite all their hardships, are still friends with her. And so it's just interesting to see, you know, how they're really making that especially they've been doing that the whole season so far with them and here in addition to that they're showing this kind of like divide between them yeah like not just not just like what you're talking about their differences but like that there is like kind of a break in their friendship a little bit like a little bit of more kind of like a wedge between them now yeah because like they were trying like Buffy was kind of like trying to like extend like an olive branch and faith kind of like she didn't exactly like swat it away, but she was just kind of like, no thanks. And it's really, you know, it's disappointing because at the end of Faith, Hope, and Trick, uh, or after Faith, Hope, and Trick, we kind of, it seemed like Buffy and Faith were becoming, you know, Slayer pals mm-hmm. and stuff. So it sucks that we've got this development where it seems like Faith doesn't really trust Buffy anymore. Right. And that is the episode. Whoa. It's one of those episode sevens. We got, we got a lot, some... Mm-hmm. Some real important stuff happened here. And I just want to mention, like, season two, we didn't really have any story until What's My Line, really? Like, right. there was Spike and Drusilla, but it was just like, hey, here's this bad vampire who's replacing the last va- bad vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, maybe a little bit of stuff about Drusilla. But it wasn't until What's My Line until that we started to get the, oh, like these guys are kind of a big threat and then it wasn't until surprise and innocence that we got the actual like main conflict of the season and that was episode 14 and now we're in episode 7 and we've got all these like really like already well-developed threads going on with uh, Faith and Buffy and we've got some mayor stuff Mm. happening and so I I'm appreciating that change of pace this season yeah I mean it's definitely getting a lot more complex Mm -hmm. in a good way and i'm really enjoying it all right so uh do you want to memorialize gwendolyn post do you feel like it Mm. she was named and she died she's a big old part of the episode yes (laughs) let's go ahead and memorialize gwendolyn post gwendolyn post mrs Mrs. you sucked kind of you were like you were an asshole like a kind of evil con artist and oh shit we didn't talk about this. This is a great point to talk about this. 
Why did you want this fucking glove so bad? What were you going to do with it? She was going to kill a bunch of people, clearly. You were going to like take over the world? There's really no indication of what her actual motivations are. Anyway, um, you were super mean. You were just like nagging Giles all the time and got him really wound up. And you also turned Faith against Buffy and uh, put potentially a very severe crack in their friendship. Yeah, so fuck you, and we're glad that you dissipated into thin air when you got struck by lightning after putting the glove of Minigan on and getting your arm chopped off. So goodbye! And murder a bunch of people. Kalink! All right, as we go through the series, we're going to give each episode a score from 1 to 10 stakes, with 10 being the best. Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode? I give it an 8. An 8! Nice, nice. It's a quite solid episode quite solid not not quite as solid as band candy unfortunately no i do feel like there's some suspension of disbelief in certain parts that has to happen and that's not entirely why i didn't like a big part of what made me knock it down because i was thinking nine at first Uh uh-huh or maybe even ten again uh xander (laughs) yes the way his reaction to everything which I guess like they're writing it to give the tension in the episode, but, but it would it, be nice for it to have come from a place that wasn't so shitty. Yeah, if it like made any sense, it yeah. would be nice, especially when it comes to Giles. I mean, I think it makes sense. It just is shitty. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just a little t- bit I, I overboard for me. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that it makes no sense. I would just say it just is from a very shitty like mm. misogynistic place that it's coming from. Yeah, I, I yeah I think the like plot of this episode is actually pretty good for a Buffy episode. Well, and, and the like Gwendolyn Post stuff. Yeah. And like it, like having, you know, bringing in stuff from earlier in this season and like having implications for the rest of the season. It's all that stuff is great. The interpersonal conflict is just so like some of it is just so bombastic and like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's really it's distracting. Not, it's me. not rooted in anything. Like it's not even really rooted well in his obsession for Buffy, which yeah. is what it is in the end of the day. But like. I don't. There's not really much acknowledgement from him about it, which and seems like there should be. Especially like it's fucking rich that Xander's doing all this stuff, and we still haven't brought up his whole uh, kick his ass thing. <laughs> I like how we're talking about how I gave this episode like a really high score, and now we're just bitching about it. Anyway, but this is the reason it's not like higher because it, it is a good episode. It was a really good episode. That was what brought it down the two points for me. What uh-huh. is your score? Eight point five. Oh, with the, with the point five. The always. extra point five is for uh, the. Uh, Women loving women. Mm. <laughs> the sapphic romance between Buffy. And I am. Faith. I'm slowly becoming a Fuffy stan. I honestly like when you said that. That was kind of like a headcanon for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had ever considered that before, I, which is I, wild. I don't know why I never picked up on that. I believe that it is intentional and that they wanted to make it more explicit. Mm-hmm. But this but is it was the, the CW. 90s. Yeah. In the CW, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, moving right along, now let's discuss the MVP of the episode. Kyle, who's your MVP? This is a tough one. It really was because nobody really did great and i like at one point i wanted to give it to willow because she's like she's the most like reasonable with buffy but then she like chooses not to tell buffy her dirty secret Mm. i'm going to give it to buffy okay i think buffy uh like she did really well in the face of you know all that adversity and her friends uh, so many of her friends turning on her and Mm. not fucking mostly chopping xander's head off that was nice that was a lot of restraint uh she did kill logos (laughs) 
she did. And she chopped and off. And she chopped off Gwendolyn Post's, Post's arms. Misses. So, yeah, I'm giving it to Buffy. Yeah, I was I was back and forth between Buffy and Willow a lot, and I went with Willow. Um, uh-huh. kind of for the reasons you said actually like she was the kind of most emotionally with it person in this episode I agree. sort of i feel like i mean well when it comes to buffy when it comes to herself she she still ain't got no clue i mean i think she knows i think she just isn't ready to say it you uh-huh. know what i mean obviously because she didn't <laughs> and 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 i do think there's an indication too like she does know she needs to tell somebody oh yeah absolutely but she just couldn't quite break, make herself do it yeah so i understand why that would take it away from her for you yeah and, exactly because like, it's I like that. oh i know i shouldn't stab this person in the brain but i did it anyway you know it's not a great comparison <laughs> i mean she's not killing anyone One's but it's a little, still bad yeah. <laughs> that's a little apples and oranges but yeah you're apples and oranges i mean no i i get what you're, yeah i mean like for me, it was it was neck and neck between those uh-huh. two. I don't see how you could give it to anybody else yeah. um, in the episode. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so now it's time for a brief queer analysis of the episode from our own Zachary Riker. What you got for us, Zach? Yeah, I wrote, ooh, look, low-hanging fruit. Because <laughs> <laughs> the bulk of the episode centers around a relationship that a couple feels like they need to keep secret, and then that relationship is exposed by a friend, and then that couple is uh, outed in a way that is outside of their control, and then that couple, or one a member of that couple experiences an intervention from friends who are basically family at this point um, about the relationship. And both of their lives are put in danger because of it. Uh-huh. So I don't know how you could write a more authentically queer storyline without just having them be queer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Or like having a documentary about someone's actual and life because it feels like something that could actually happen. And, and the being and the being queer part is you know already is actually kind of in the episode with Faith and Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and then that's a whole other sideline of it. But yeah, there's so like the hidden relationship, right? The outing because Xander outs them to people instead of talking to her about it like a human being, and then getting jealous of the the girl you like as a girl and her ex-boyfriend being all smoochy together. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say being like having this kind of glass shattering moment with your, your same sex crush Uh huh. and then kind of like turning against them a little bit and like being like, I don't want to look at you right now. I mean, I can a hundred percent. So yeah. Cause like how much of faith being mad was about like, Oh, she's back with her boyfriend. So it's I nice got to have right now. It's nice to have an episode with such explicit, like queer related themes mm-hmm. because a lot of season three so far, we've had to kind of dig deep and be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more context or conceptual about it. Were any other writers like at this time, queer people? I don't think so. I know that there is one writer on the show that is a gay man at some point. I don't think it's any of the ones that we have right now. He was a gay man at some point? Or he was a queer writer? At some some point, there was a gay writer on the show. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, anyway, it's just so, it's just so wild to me how this, like, just relates so... It's yeah. like, I mean, I feel it's like, like this season one where every episode was queer theme, queer theme, queer theme. If I was just telling you this happened to my friend Jessica, I feel like you would just be like, and then I was like, just kidding. It's a plot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I, like, I feel like they would believe you right up until you told them. Oh, that. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just Except said for the, the part about part. the vampire part. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, Jessica got caught with her girlfriend, Angel. And they were making out and her fucking asshole friend Xander saw them making out and then told her like father figure Giles. And then he got really mad at her for no reason. Yeah. Because a lesbian uh, 
tortured him once. <laughs> and then, well, and then Xander was just super jealous because Xander's always been obsessed with Buffy. Oh yeah. Oh. And can't have Buffy incredibly. because she's in love with her girlfriend Angel. Ex- see, it's it's just a queer you story. Just did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, that was easy. Boom. Yeah, I was like, fuck, this is the easiest queer analysis I've done in the entire <laughs> show so uh-huh. far. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if if I would also like to start inviting, like, if anybody else has other things. Because we've kind of gotten this from other people a little bit uh-huh. in the comments. But I would love if there are, like, kind of queer themes or ideas that I don't talk about or that we don't discuss or that we miss somewhere or, like, a, an insight or an angle that we don't cover. I would love to hear about it. Oh yes, um, and absolutely. We would definitely talk about it. And on the same the with same for gayest moments. If you find yeah. a gayest moment that I didn't give, uh, please let me know. <laughs> we should start having like write in the gayest moment kind of thing. Oh that yeah, would be fun. We'll we'll see about that. Uh, speaking of gayest for moments, <laughs> yeah, it's time to talk about the gayest moment. What a great transition! <laughs> Why don't you tell us what the gayest moment of the episode is? Synchronized slaying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That it was so much, so much bi- bisexual vibes from mm. these two. I just, there's really nothing else to say, especially after it being like, I'm going out with someone. I wouldn't call it dating or whatever. Mm. <laughs> and it was, it was, and it was faith. That was, re- that was real good. I loved it. What about it. a chaotic bisexual almost penetrating her boyfriend with wood and then her just stopping her in the nick of time? Close second. Uh, uh, close second. Absolutely. Gosh, we've got a chaotic, we've got, th- we've got, Let's see. I'm going to say we have two chaotic bisexuals and a chaotic gay. Mm. She, they's, and he, they's. She, they's, and he, they's. <laughs> Faith, Faith and Giles are the chaotic bisexuals. <laughs> Giles oh, yeah. is less chaotic now, and Ethan right. Rain is the chaotic gay. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Zach, uh, that is it for Revelation. How revelatory. <laughs> so, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Shortly. Well, first of all, thanks for listening to our episode about revelations. Um, if you did like what you heard, please be sure to follow us on Spotify. I don't know what this voice is. Spotify, <laughs> Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh. Support us by leaving a five star review or just tell us you want me to stop talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGaysPod. Yes, you can also reach out to us through email at BuffyGays at gmail.com. Leave a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash BuffyGays. And please share us with your friends. And if uh, if we're in your top five on your Spotify wrapped for podcasts, send us a screenshot of that shit. That's awesome. That would be lovely. Because uh, there are at least... I want to say it's 30-something people where we're number one on their podcast. We're number one. Yeah. Which and that was like, really, I was really surprised. I yeah, was like, oh, And, and there's nice. like a hundred or so where, in the, where we're in the top 10. I was like, how many of those people only listen to one podcast and <laughs> have only listened to one episode of our right. podcast? <laughs> or they're like, I just, they, they, sp- they only listen to Buffy podcasts. Right. <laughs> uh, so this has been season two. Oh, nope, nope. <laughs> you can tell that our notes are... like I just copy-paste our notes. This has been Season 3, Episode 7 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Join us next week for Season 3, Episode 8, Lover's Walk. We'll, we'll get to see a, a, an old fan favorite, and we will get to see the most gruesome thing that I believe ever happens <laughs> in the entire fucking show. <laughs> oh my, I cannot wait to squeal about that because it 
grosses me out every single time. Mm. Till then, <laughs> I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we are your Buffy, Buffy gays. gays. Happy slaying. Mm, bye-bye. Buffy gays. Misses. <laughs> <laughs>